Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. As we continue the conversation about Student Ministry Matters, I'll be sharing an interview with Jordan Two, Assistant to the Executive Director of the Baptist Publishing House. Until recently, Jordan pastored at 8th Street Baptist in Grand Prairie for the past six years. He has served in youth and college ministry on campus at Jacksonville College. He's an author of two books, Small Town Churches and The Predestination Question. And Jordan is a graduate of Jacksonville College and the Baptist Missionary Association Theological Seminary with both a Bachelor of Arts in Religion and a Master of Arts in Religion. He and his wife, Mary, have one daughter, Savannah, and as he shares, he is saved by God's amazing grace. Today we'll be discussing the Baptist Publishing House, the importance of curriculum, and of course, great places to eat in East Texas. Well, thanks for being a part of today's podcast, Jordan. Thank you for having me. Well, as we get started in today's podcast, I'd love for our listeners to get to know you a little better. I know that you currently reside in East Texas, and if I'm down that way, what's a restaurant that I wouldn't want to miss? Well, there's two that come to mind. The first would be Jalapeno Tree. It's kind of an East Texas staple. Uh, the green sauce is amazing, and uh, they'll bring it out to you as long as you're there. So that's always nice. Uh, the other one is a just a local thing around Jacksonville. It's called Legends. It's a hamburger place. And if they can put it on a bun, they will. And so it, it's a good place to go and get a big old hamburger. And they've got a, a community pot of beans, pinto beans that are there, and you can go get all the beans you want, which is nice. Although I don't know if they're going to still keep doing that after this coronavirus. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I know. that's It's been hard on, on all of us, but I know those in the restaurant industry have been really struggling to figure out what to do next. You know, I, I lived in East Texas in the late 90s while I was working on my master's degree at the, at the seminary. And I look back and I think of two places that we would frequent all the time. Uh, we loved Jalapeno Tree. Uh, we would go there. Um, there was a period where I was taking visiting pastors out to lunch. And so my wife and I would get to go to the Jalapeno Tree every week, which was pretty fantastic. Uh, but the other place was Bodacious Barbecue. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. So when I drive through that area um, and I see a Bodacious Barbecue or I see a Jalapeno Tree, I think, oh, I got to stop. I want to stop. I'll try to stop and get some barbecue sauce along the way, but yeah, it's it's just a it's a neat place to to be and to live. I know that my time at our seminary in in East Texas, um, just kind of in many ways, small town, um, not just Jacksonville, but the surrounding areas, Kilgore, Henderson, uh, even Tyler has that kind of small town feel to it. Mm-hmm. Well. Let's go a little deeper than what we like to eat. <laughs> uh, I want to spend some time again for for our listeners to get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. And so, how maybe you could describe for us your call to Christ when uh, when you were saved, and then maybe your call to ministry. Could you share that with us? 
Sure. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, which is a blessing. I heard the gospel at a young age. Uh, my parents you know, went to church and taught Sunday school and all those great things. And um, I was very young. I was, you know, maybe four, five, six years old. Uh, and I began to understand my sin and my need of a Savior. And I trusted Jesus to save me. And I was baptized at age eight, uh, which is fairly young, but I understood uh, what I needed to believe. And so um, later on, I was called to ministry at age 14. And like a lot of guys who were called at a young age, I had no clue what I was supposed to do. Um, I thought about being a missionary. I thought about being in a Christian rock band. I thought about, you know, being Billy Graham. I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, but I was able to start preaching at age 16. My pastor had to go away for, um, I think, visit family or something. And he asked me to preach on Sunday night. And I did that. And I realized that's what I was supposed to be doing, uh, whether all or in part of what my ministry was supposed to be, was to be preaching the gospel. And so since then, I've been preaching and teaching in, a, in all kinds of different uh, settings and situations. I love hearing that you surrender to the ministry at a young age. Um, what is kind of discouraging is I'm not seeing as much of that. And, um, you know, especially for those of us in student ministry, you know, I'm always looking for the, the way to encourage that sort of dedication and that decision and that commitment even at that early age. And so what, what prompted you? What, what was some of the, the factors that helped you discover that early on in life? That's a great question. I really just came to a place in my life where I realized that nothing else was going to be worth my time. Now, I'm not saying that having, you know, a normal job and, you know, raising a family, that those are bad things. Those are great things. And that's God's plan, I believe, for most people. But vocational ministry for me, um, I got to a point where I realized, you know, if I'm not doing this, I'm not living. And it's just something that I think anyone who's called to ministry understands that everything else for me would just feel like I would be wasting my life and that I was created to, to do this for the Lord. You know, at that young age, the Lord impressed that on me and I didn't want to do anything else. I didn't want to be a millionaire. I didn't want to be super successful. I just wanted to preach the gospel and everything else, you know, was considered as rubbish, basically. So that's a miracle. That's not me. You know, as a normal everyday human being, I still you know wrestle with sin and temptation and all that stuff. And so that couldn't have come from me. That came from God. And uh, I'm thankful that he gave me uh, the grace that I needed to go ahead and answer his call. Well, how are you serving God's people now in your local church and, and on a broader scope? What, what's going on in your life ministry wise? Well, I spent several years serving in different local churches. I've done youth ministry and college ministry. I did a lot of college ministry with Jacksonville College um, down mm. here in East Texas. And then I pastored for about six and a half years in the Dallas area at one of our BMA churches. Uh, but I've recently begun working for the Baptist Publishing House. And um, I serve God in a number of ways there, mostly by serving as church. And I also teach Sunday school and I preach whenever I'm able to. You know, in, when we move to these department roles, when we have that opportunity, um, that doesn't change our responsibility or our passion and desire to serve the local church. Amen. And so I, I'm always excited to, to hear how, how guys are serving as, at their local place as they're doing 
this other thing. And, you know, of course, we're still in the midst of the pandemic and the issues that that brings up. And so there's all sorts of challenges that we're all facing. Uh, but I, I love to hear uh, that desire to be in the, the local church. Well, let me ask another question, more on a personal note. What are you passionate about in your life, ministry and life? What do you get excited about? Something that I have really learned as of late to be more passionate about than ever is just knowing and loving Jesus. I think sometimes in ministry, we get caught up in the ministry and we almost forget who we're doing it for. And I know for me, that's been a hard lesson that I've learned. Um, For instance, we just moved and uh, I had to go through my library and there's a lot of books that I had to store because where I'm living at here on campus, there's not a whole lot of, you know, extra space. Seminary housing is not known for being spacious. <laughs> so I had to downsize my library and I was going to my bookshelf the other day. I was looking for just something encouraging, something that would be a good devotional read. And I, I struggled to find something. I had a lot of commentaries. I had theology books. I had church history books. I had ministry, you know, books as far as, you know, ways you can serve in your church and and things like that. But I had very little devotional literature, and that's my failure. I'll be the first to admit that. And so the Lord's really been teaching me lately not to give up on ministry, but to see ministry happen through a love for Jesus and to grow in that area. And so that's something lately I've been learning. Besides that, um, I'm really passionate about people coming to know Jesus as their Savior Uh, Nothing is more joyful than seeing a lost person be saved. And then people learning the Bible, um, you know, seeing them not just know, you know, the milk, but the meat to dig in and to understand what all the Bible teaches. uh, That's very important to me. Well, you know, as the assistant to the executive director of the Baptist Publishing House, what do your duties include? I know that Dr. Holmes is the executive director and he's also the the president of the Baptist Missionary Association Theological Seminary. And so I would imagine that you, you have a lot of responsibilities in that type of role. Yeah, uh, let's see. I can list some of these things off. I handle the website design and maintenance for Baptist Publishing House. I do all of our in-house graphic design. I work with promotion and advertising. I represent our ministry to local churches I help with our writers' conferences from time to time where I help edit materials. I'm also a point of contact for our churches that have questions or needs. Basically, if there's something that gets done, uh, I I take a part in it to help and just support the ministry any way I can. Well, it is um, a challenge, you know, when when there's some split focus. But, man, that's a great combination of the Baptist Publishing House and our seminary. Uh, Those two two things together can be a a powerful thing as we spend time thinking about the concepts of of Scripture and and then being able to teach that to our people. It can be real, real powerful. Well, let me ask a question that some of our listeners might be asking, and maybe uh, the voice of the other side in this, why curriculum? Why, Why have curriculum at all? If you're teaching classes in your church, why bother with with that? Shouldn't the Bible be enough? What do you think? Those are great questions. Let me start by saying that the Bible is most certainly always enough. Our our curriculum is not designed to get between students and the Bible. Um, it, it does not serve um, as a way to add to the Bible or take away from it. 
uh, our goal is to simply present God's word uh, as he wrote it and as he gave it to us. And so the way our Sunday school curriculum, the, the Baptist expositor works, is really like an interactive Bible commentary. Uh, the text is presented each week and students are guided to see what the text says, what it means and how to apply it. So there's no fluff or extras or anything like that. It's just the Bible. So as far as curriculum, you know, it can be difficult to come up with lessons. Anyone who's ever taken on the, the mighty task of saying, well, I think I'm just going to make my own stuff. Um, that's hard. <laughs> I've certainly done that. Yeah. Especially if you're teaching Sunday school and you have a Wednesday night study, or if you do something on Sunday nights and Sunday mornings, it can really begin to take a toll on, on your ability to keep everything under control. So our curriculum just lays out straightforward Bible lessons. In fact, we don't even put the Bible text in the books. We strongly encourage people to have a Bible and to bring it with them, whether that's a paper Bible or it's on their phone, and to get them looking in their Bibles. And so that's really why I would recommend our curriculum and why I would say curriculum as a whole is useful, because it helps it helps you focus on what's at hand and it helps really it helps you save time. As far as, you know, having something provided to you instead of just having to figure it out as you go along, because that can really be a distraction to ministry when you're always feeling like you have to figure out the next thing. Yeah, I know, especially as a student ministry worker, there are times when I'm thinking, OK, what are we going to cover this week or this month or this, you know, and the list goes on. And so having a plan. Uh, whether it's for your Sunday school time or for your Wednesday night youth group gathering, man, that, that can be powerful stuff. Um, you, utilizing a curriculum, somebody has spent time praying over it. They've been thinking through it. And so it can be real useful. Now, our listeners in one form or another work with student ministry. And so how is curricula, curriculum valuable to the work of student ministry workers in the local church? Uh, great question. I think that there is a tendency in student ministry to feel like you have to teach down uh, to their level. I've experienced that both as a student who grew up in church uh, and also someone who has taught youth Bible studies. And uh, there's some truth to that. I mean, you want to teach clearly and you want to teach in a way they can understand. But something that I hope we're starting to see is, is that there's no need to compromise on the quality of what you teach. Mm. Um, you know, so often what we see in Bible study curriculums or Sunday school curriculum is that things kind of feel halfway thought out. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've been looking at books before and preparing my lesson for my seventh grade boys class. And I look at the lesson and I'm like, I don't know if I can teach this because I can't follow it. <laughs> or maybe it's just kind of a bunch of time filler that's given, you know, do this activity and do that activity. And I mean, I love activities. I mean, don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but some of the activities that they come up with, it's like, where do they get this idea? I don't know if, if I can even get the supplies to do this. So um, right, oftentimes right. curriculum can kind of feel like, okay, I'm going to teach down or I'm going to fill time. But really we need to think about our responsibility as people who are teaching students, that the hours we spend with them each week, they don't need to go to waste. And there's so right. many of our students who go to their local churches and they don't have a mom or dad to teach them the Bible. And so we have a great responsibility that God's given us to teach them the word of God and God's word transforms people. And so I guarantee if you take your time and you teach students God's word with love and patience, 
They're not only going to learn, but they're going to be transformed. And so I believe our curriculum does a good job of that. And uh, I think that if you're teaching them not only what God's word is, but how to study it, which is a, a hallmark of our curriculum is learning how to study the Bible, then that's a game changer. Man, that's good. That's good stuff. Well, the publishing arm of the Baptist Missionary Association of America has gone through a number of changes over the last decade. Um, we had Disciple Guide, and and now that some shifts have happened. And, and so publishing as a whole, though, has also taken a hit as more and more have gone digital. Um, if I understand correctly, Baptist Publishing House is putting out printed material. Is that correct? Yes, we are. Um, I know that uh, when when a lot of a lot of things shifted to digital, I was actually in a local Lifeway and heard someone that was in one of our sister churches going, "Well, I need something that I can get printed. Um, I don't want to have to download." And so there's still a lot of folks that love that that printed material and still being able to use it. Um, not too long ago, the BMA of our America chose to cease its publishing arm. Um, there was a time where there was no Baptist publishing house, or at least not producing anything. Uh, there are a number of good uh, sources for curriculum out there. So what prompted the restart of, of Baptist publishing house? If we're kind of referring to churches wanting or individuals wanting uh, printed materials, one of the things I learned that was surprising to me is that for the most part, that's what people are wanting. You know, you would think that people would want you know, PDFs they can download and print and things like that. But we're actually able to print at a much cheaper cost than your local church would be able to. And so that really surprised me that most churches are still saying, we don't want that. Please give us the paper books. But getting back to your other part of your question, you know, about why and what prompted the restart of the Baptist Publishing House, there are just about 1,300 BMA churches. And we feel like it would be really sad to see them left without a Sunday school or Bible study curriculum, which reflects their church's beliefs. The other groups out there who are producing curriculum, whether it's, you know, guys at like Lifeway or, you know, Bogard or David C. Cook, there's a whole bunch of them out there. And some of them are really good. They, they just don't reflect what the culture and the beliefs of our local churches are. And all of our curriculum is written by BMA people. And so they have a unique insight as to, you know, what a BMA church is like. There is a little bit of a different feeling in the BMA churches. I've been part of, you know, Southern Baptist churches and BMA churches. And you just have to kind of experience it to know it. And there's even some little nuances of our doctrine that we're able to support and to bring out and to reflect their beliefs and their mission. And so we feel like it's important to do that. And we have a good group of churches that we want to partner with and not see that opportunity go to waste of encouraging them and equipping them to minister uh, through through discipleship ministry and Great Commission ministry right where they are. Well, and don't get me wrong. I love the BMA of America. I've been connected to churches of, of our tradition since accepting Christ in 1980. Uh, but that that has been a question of mine. Why insist on investing in this work, um, when there are so many well-informed and biblical organizations providing good literature, do you feel that it is a um, good investment of our time and energies in that process? I really do. And I have two things for you know our listeners here to consider. The first one, it's a bit of a touchy subject for some people, but it's doctrine. And, you know, doctrine matters. You know, the BMA has a it doctrinal does. statement. 
And the curriculum that is produced by other groups, even some Baptist groups, fall short of not only our doctrinal statement, but some of the plain teachings of God's Word. I know, again, that can be kind of uh, fighting words for some people, but I present it with love and and, and peace. Uh, We want our churches to have what they need without having to compromise their identity or their doctrine as missionary Baptists. And so somebody might say, well, what are you talking about? Well, I'll be vague, but I I do want to say the main areas that we've seen uh, for concern, the areas of concern would be the nature of original sin, uh, how salvation is applied, and the biblical significance of the local church in God's plan. Those are some of the emphases that we have as missionary Baptists, and particularly as BMA Baptists. And so we're able to present that really clearly in our curriculum without presenting anything that would maybe go contrary to one of our local church's positions. Secondly, um, this is something not a lot of people know. I certainly didn't realize this until I began working here, is that our curriculum is distributed to Latin America to use for free through through the ministry of Editorial Bautista. So our Sunday school books are sent to uh, Editorial Bautista, to BMA Missions Arm, and they actually translate everything, whether it's children's curriculum, our doctrinal statement, uh, our quarterlies, and it's put online. And so they can print those off in places like Honduras and Mexico and other Spanish-speaking places. And also here in the USA, we have a lot of Hispanic church plants, and so they're able to get good quality material for free. And so we, we are happy to do that and partner with them. We also have started providing curriculum for free to our church planters all across the United States. So if we have a North American missionary who's planning a church, for instance, in uh, Minneapolis, you know, Mike Strong is up in Minneapolis and he's working on planning near North Community Church. You know, we are happy to send him a big box of curriculum. And the only thing he pays is $5, and that's just the packaging fee uh, from the printer warehouse. And so, you know, we are really trying to focus on partnering with local and global missions through publishing. Well, that's exciting. That That's a piece that I wasn't aware of. Um, I love knowing that this curriculum is provided for free for those that are actively involved in sharing the gospel, that are working to see churches planted across uh, North America as well as, as Latin America. That's that's great stuff. Well, I appreciate you answering those questions, Jordan. I think that it's important for us to know the why if we want to invest in something. Now, as you know, this is Student Ministry Matters, and so our attention is always on how can we better minister to students. So what can the Baptist Publishing House do to help our student ministries? Sure. The first thing that we can do, and I know we can do this because this is what we're all about, is providing student ministry Sunday school classes or Bible study groups with really good and useful curriculum. I can't emphasize it enough that the way our curriculum is written is quite unique. Um, I've used curriculum from a lot of different publishers over the years, and so I might sound biased, and maybe I am a little bit, but in all truth and reality, I've really never seen a curriculum like this. Um, Every lesson has three teaching options, and so One is kind of an inductive study, so you might think about it like an investigation. And the other one is an outline, so, you know, if there's a youth pastor out there or a student minister and he likes to kind of get up and preach to the group, 
there's a good outline there. And then finally, for like small group discussion, there's a paragraph format where, you know, there's paragraphs written and you can kind of read through it and talk it out together. And so what that curriculum does with this flexibility is that you are able to not only use this for Sunday school, but you might talk about it on Wednesday night. You might teach that on Wednesday night. You might have a uh, maybe a Tuesday get together or a Friday night thing. Every church is a little different, but maybe a small group setting uh, where you get together and you have some pizza and you hang out and you shoot baskets and you say, hey, guys, at halftime, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to do a little bit of inductive Bible study. You know, you might not call it that. You might call it like Bible discovery time or you know, whatever. You know, those youth guys are really good at coming up with great names for things better than I am. But uh, to actually dig in God's word. And so we feel like we can help uh, our churches in that way. The other thing is, is we are hoping to, whenever this coronavirus stuff settles down a little bit, uh, provide training if need be. If we have a church that reaches out to us and says, you know, we've got a Sunday school ministry or, you know, we're trying to start small groups or we're trying to really emphasize teaching the Bible, but we're not really sure how to do it or we have a crop of new teachers we would be more than happy to figure out a way to support them in training uh, their teachers and leaders to come out for a day or two and to you know eat lunch with you and talk with you, maybe even do video training. There's just so many options available right now. And so whenever we get back to normal life after quarantine, when we can start to travel and see each other a little easily, a little more easily, uh, we're looking forward to doing that any way we can. Well, that's great. Now, um, you talked about the different options that are within the curriculum. It's my understanding that there isn't necessarily a specific student ministry version. Is that correct? That is correct. And we've had a few people say, well, why don't y'all have that? And there's a few reasons. First of all, we are still getting everything laid out as far as this, you know, the, the changeover from Disciple Guide to Baptist Publishing House. Um, we have started from scratch with the Baptist Expositor. For those who have used it, it is quite different than what we had been using with the Compass. But the other reason behind it is we really feel like the Baptist Expositor is definitely usable for anybody seventh grade through senior adult. Now, every teacher has the responsibility to teach to their group. I think, you know, you're going to teach a seventh grade class differently than you're going to teach a senior ladies class. And that's as it should be. But the Bible's the Bible. <laughs> and so when you're able to sit down with a clear Bible lesson, you know, the seventh grade or eighth grade or 12th grade Sunday school teacher can tailor those lessons directly to their group. And so if we were to produce a youth curriculum, it would hardly be any different than what we're already doing. And so we're focusing on doing this really well, as opposed to doing three or four things not so well. And so our plan is to keep on producing this for uh, use for people who are you know, junior high through senior adult and leave the responsibility to, to tailor those lessons with the teacher. And it will challenge them. But I, I've learned something over the years, man. I, I've learned that uh, we can trust our or really put the responsibility on our junior high and high school students to learn football plays you know, playbooks to learn uh, lines for a play if they're in theater, to learn sheet music if they're in band, um, to do calculus, which I've never been able to do and still can't do and never want to do. And they can learn those things. Why not challenge them a little bit when it comes to God's word? 
we feel like that, that will help them grow and will be a great resource for youth ministers and student ministry leaders as a whole. Well, I, and I think you're right, Jordan. I think that we have not expected enough out of our students. They learn biology, chemistry, physics. They learn algebra, calculus. Um, they they push themselves in school. They take these tests that now most of us as as older adults would be going, oh, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. <laughs> um, and then we put them in a, a room and then we try to entertain them. Yes. Um, and that's not what it's about. It's about showing them the truth of God's word to where they can know it, embrace it, and then they'll carry that forward with them in their life and into this world. And so, uh, you know, I, I can appreciate that. And I appreciate you answering that question because, you know, my first thought was when I heard, well, there's not going to be student ministry material. Well, all of it is student ministry material. <laughs> the students exactly. are just different ages. And you I mean, you start in seventh grade or you're 77, you need to be a student of the word. Uh, first and foremost. And so, man, that's that's good stuff. Well, Jordan, if someone wants to find out more about the Baptist Publishing House and what they have to offer, um, where do they start that journey? Yes, we are on Facebook, but we are also, you know, on the World Wide Web. You can go to baptistpublishinghouse.com and you can learn about you know, who we are, what we do. You can read our doctrinal statement, which is, of course, the doctrinal statement of the BMA of America. You can also go to uh, a, a curriculum preview page we have set up where you can go through. We have some carousels set up where you can kind of flip through the first lesson uh, for the summer quarter coming up, both the teacher book and also the student book. And so there's a lot of content on there for you to be able to learn more about us. There's also a video page where our curriculum is explained a little more in depth by some of the writers and by Dr. Holmes. Hey, you know, one question that I haven't really asked is you mentioned that some of the writers are, are all of the writers are BMA guys. Um, who are some of those authors? Who, who's putting, helping put together this curriculum? Great question. So we have Dr. Ricky Williams, who's been a missionary of ours in the BMA for a long time now. He's working on one of the quarters of, over the book of Acts. Dr. Philip Atterbury has written a lot. Um, Dr. Greg Parsons and Brother Jake Vandenberg uh, have written the quarter on Joel. That's our summer quarter. Uh, my pastor, Dr. David Helwig, um, he's pastor at First Baptist New Summerfield, Texas. He also teaches Greek and New Testament studies here at the seminary. Uh, he's written the quarter we're on right now that we're about to finish. And so that's kind of the beginning stages of who we have writing, and there's a lot more lined up over the next couple quarters. Oh, that's exciting because I'm hearing people that have ministry experience and that have theological training, and that's what we want, um, and that's what I want. I want to hear from somebody who knows what they're talking about as they look into God's Word. Well, in addition to your work with the BMA uh, of America, with the Baptist Publishing House, I know that you're an author. Can you tell us about your works? Sure. Um, I have written two books the first one is titled Small Town Churches, Challenging the Culture and Theology. And it's really just a look at some of the issues that we see always kind of popping up in small churches and small town churches. Things like maybe maybe not understanding that the, that the church is not really a club. It's really God's people coming together, looking at, you know, some of the dangers that come from relying too much on tradition rather than biblical doctrine. 
And so there's a lot of things in there. There's even a chapter on racism, which is a hot button issue for many small town churches. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things in that book. That's really my heart and soul uh, is, in, is in that book. And I think it's a great resource for pastors and lay people alike. And so I had a good time writing that. And then uh, I wrote another book. It's titled The Predestination Question. That's another hotly debated issue among really any group of religious people these days. And uh, I basically just lay out what the Bible says about that. And uh, I hope it offers some uh, encouraging words of explanation. It talks about the the, the, the good side of embracing what the Bible says. I mean, the Bible, you know, I didn't make that word up. The Bible is, you know, clear about that, but some people take that and go the wrong way with it. And so that's pointed out also. And uh, for anyone listening who may be like, oh no, you know, predestination, maybe this Jordan guy is a hyper Calvinist or whatever. Um, no, not, not, not at all. But, you know, we do want to believe every word the Bible says. And so those books mm, yeah. is what I've put together. And they're both available on Amazon. Okay, great, great. Well, if someone would want you to come speak to their group, I know that, of course, as you mentioned, we're in this time of the coronavirus, so uh, getting into churches is is pretty difficult. Um, Many churches are just trying to figure out how to open their doors back again to normal worship, let alone have a guest speaker. But uh, in the future, if someone wanted to have you speak to their group and find out about... uh, or find out about your ministry, how do they contact you? You can email me directly at baptistpublishing at gmail.com, or you can call our offices at 800-333-1442. And I just want to let everybody know I would be happy to help you in any way that I can. Well, I appreciate uh, that heart. Um, ministering to the local church is is what it's about um, for those of us who have the opportunity and privilege of serving in a departmental role of any sort. And I just love any chance I can uh, to speak to people and to share with them and help encourage them in that ministry. And I, I'm thrilled to hear that same heart from you. Well, Jordan, thanks again for being a part of our podcast uh, and helping us as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Uh, Today's podcast, we've looked at some different things, talked a little bit about curriculum and its importance in what we do, and found out more about the Baptist Publishing House. And Perhaps you want to know more about that, and you're looking for a a good curriculum for your student ministry or your Sunday school hour um, in whatever way they can help you. I know Jordan would be more than willing uh, to come speak with you or to to take a call, um, whatever way that works, uh, he wants to be in touch with you. Well, I want to thank you for listening today as we have sought to to move the conversation forward about serving our students because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.